Linda Yaccarino, the newly appointed CEO of Twitter, is doubling down on the company's contentious policy of limiting the number of tweets that some users can view, despite the backlash from the platform's ever-shrinking user base. And over the past weekend, a multitude of site visitors reported receiving error messages indicating rate limit exceeded or cannot retrieve tweets. Twitter owner Elon Musk detailed the temporary limitations. Verified Twitter accounts were reduced to reading only 6,000 tweets per day, while unverified accounts were capped to 600 and newly unverified accounts at a mere 300. He indicated plans to raise these numbers to 10,000, 1,000, and 400, respectively. Yaccarino, in a tweet on Tuesday, defended Twitter's decision, a move that has been greeted with a flurry of user discontent. Errors reported numbered in the thousand, and it helped the hashtag Twitter down trend globally. When you have a mission like Twitter, they said, you need to make big moves to keep strengthening the platform. This work is meaningful and ongoing. Now, we're going to get more into this story in just a moment. But first, we're going to pay some bills and listen to a few sponsor messages. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Her defense of the initiative coincided with the company's release of a statement updating users on the reasons behind the new rate limits. To ensure the authenticity of our user base, we must take extreme measures to remove spam and bots from our platform. That's why we temporarily limited usage so we could detect and eliminate bots and other bad actors that are harming the platform. Any advance notice on these actions would have allowed bad actors to alter their behavior to evade detection. Musk, the world's wealthiest person, acquired Twitter in a landmark $44 billion deal in 2022 and has been a vocal critic of the prevalence of fake or bot accounts on the platform. He has publicly voiced concerns that he was misled about the extent of such accounts when he purchased the company. And the statement further clarified Twitter's ongoing effort to prevent fake accounts from scraping public user data to construct AI models and manipulate discourse on the platform. Twitter conceded that the current counterbot actions were affecting a, quote, small percentage of users, but underscored that the impact on advertising was minimal. Whilst this work will never be done, we're all deeply committed to making Twitter a better place for everyone, the company added. At times, even for a brief moment, you must slow down to speed up. However, despite these reassurances, Twitter and its CEO continue to face significant user discontent. Some users have declared that the platform has never been worse, while others have branded it as the reason for their impending exit from the site. Yaccarino's task is far from straightforward, though. The former advertising chief at media titan NBC Universal not only has to quell user discontent, but also rebuild revenue after an advertiser exodus. Critics had dubbed Twitter a far-right social network under Musk's leadership, causing many to flee the platform as well. And it wasn't just advertisers who departed. Many users also chose to abandon Twitter, disenchanted with the direction of the site was taking under Musk's management. Now, newer social media platforms benefited from this exodus, gaining users discontented with Twitter. Additionally, a recent study revealed a worrying trend for the social media giant. Top users were posting less frequently after Musk's acquisition. A May 2023 Pew Research Center report disclosed that 60% of U.S. Twitter users had, quote, taken a break from the platform over the previous year. Twitter's current struggles aren't confined to user and advertiser losses. The company is grappling with the aftermath of shedding four and five workers, whether through mass layoffs or voluntary resignations. 
and the platform has also been hit with a series of technical hiccups, leading to further user frustration and negative press. And this maelstrom of challenges has been further complicated by a series of internal leaks. The senior management team has been grappling with insider information being shared publicly, damaging both the company's public image and internal morale. Perhaps more shockingly, reports have emerged of Musk refusing to pay the company's bills, a surprising turn of events considering the status of the world's wealthiest individual. And one can't help but note the irony of a platform like Twitter, which thrives on its users' free expression, embroiled in a controversy around limiting the very tweets that form its core identity. And the rate limits imposed by Musk and Yaccarino have caused consternation and a sown discord within the Twitter community, leaving users to wonder what's next for the platform. Now, this role for Yaccarino has never been more critical. As she navigates these turbulent waters and her decisions will shape not only the company's future, but could also have far-reaching implications for the broader social media landscape. Critics have argued that Twitter's problems are largely of its own making, and they are not entirely wrong. In the months following Musk's takeover, the platform saw an exodus of users and advertisers driven by concerns over the platform's political leanings and management changes. These departures have hit Twitter's bottom line, with falling ad revenues leading to financial strain. But Yaccarino, ever the optimist, sees this as an opportunity. With her vast experience in the media industry, she aims to steer Twitter back towards growth. Addressing the bot issue is a critical part of the strategy, as it is the bots that have long been a thorn in Twitter's side, skewing user metrics, spreading disinformation, and undermining the platform's credibility. Now, despite the challenges, Yaccarino maintains an unwavering belief in Twitter's potential. Her challenge is to convince the platform's remaining user base and the wider public that Twitter is still a vital forum for discourse, despite its recent struggles. And the controversy surrounding Twitter's recent move to limit tweets underscores the delicate balance social media platforms must strike. They must foster an environment that encourages free expression while also ensuring the authenticity and safety of their user base. And in an age of increasing concerns about misinformation and, quote, fake news, these goals have never been more important or more challenging to achieve. For Yaccarino, the task at hand is not just about maintaining a thriving social media platform, it's about building trust in a platform that was once considered the epitome of free speech and real-time news, and in a company whose recent reputation has been mired in controversy. She's already taken a tough stance on bots, but this is just one step and a long road ahead. Now, Twitter's journey is going to be a huge one in the future. Twitter's journey is going to be difficult, and its future depends on how effectively it can navigate going forward. The decisions of Yaccarino and her team in the coming months could very well determine if Twitter continues to be a relevant force in the social media landscape or becomes a tale of a tech giant undone by its own miscalculations. We delve into the stormy seas that Twitter Inc., or X Corp, as it's now known, is currently navigating. We'll be discussing everything from a multi-million dollar lawsuit claiming Twitter failed to pay promised employee bonuses to new user policies shaking the Twitterverse. We'll dissect the transformative effect that Musk's takeover has had on this social media behemoth, as well as how these drastic changes are spurring user migration into surge in litigation. From unexpected changes such as tweet access restrictions aimed at combating data scraping to the resurrection of previously banned accounts Musk's leadership of Twitter has been nothing if not eventful. The platform now faces mounting legal challenges, a discontented user base, and the departure of key advertisers. Yet amidst the upheaval, some competitors such as Blue Sky are witnessing record high traffic. So stick around as we dive deep into these developments, the implications for Twitter's future, and what this means for the tech world at large. But first, let's hear a word from our generous sponsors, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with the heart of the matter. Twi when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Twitter Inc., also known as X Corp., once the epicenter of online social dialogue, is now mired in legal disputes, a consequential exodus of users, and the controversial reign of the new ownership from Elon Musk. And with its acquisition by tech tycoon Elon last year, the platform has seen drastic shifts in its policies and conduct. The social media giant now confronts a class action lawsuit alleging that it has failed to deliver on promised employee bonuses. The suit was filed on Tuesday by Mark Schobinger, a former senior director of compensation at Twitter, who exited the company last month. And the suit alleges that Twitter had committed to giving employees 50% of their target bonuses for 2022. Promises that the lawsuit claims have not been fulfilled. And the claim points towards a potential breach of contract on Twitter's part. Twitter's official response to the legal action was characteristically Musk-X. They offered up a poop emoji. The media relations office, like many other facets of the social media giant, has vanished since Musk's acquisition. The legal representation for Schobinger attorney Shannon Liz Royorden is no stranger to Twitter's courtroom escapades. Liz Royorden represents former Twitter employees in several other lawsuits in approximately 2,000 individual arbitration cases. Now, these stem from Musk's mass layoffs last year, which led to accusations of unfulfilled severance packages and alleged discriminatory targeting of female and disabled employees during the layoffs. Twitter has consistently denied any wrongdoing in these instances. And the influx of legal troubles doesn't stop with disgruntled employees. Many landlords, vendors, and consultants have also brought legal action against Twitter over unpaid bills, a legacy inherited by Musk upon purchasing the company. And in another significant suit, three former Twitter executives, including the ex-CEO, are suing the company in Delaware. They claim that Twitter reneged on an agreement to reimburse over $1 million in legal fees incurred in responding to government regulatory requests. And amidst this legal quagmire, Musk announced a sudden change to Twitter's user policies, too. To combat data scraping by AI companies, Twitter has temporarily restricted the number of tweets users can access daily. The limitation varies for verified and unverified users, and it's unclear how long these limits will last or the conditions required to lift them. As per Musk's declaration, verified accounts can access 6,000 tweets per day, while unverified ones are limited to 600. Now, new unverified users who joined post the announcement are further restricted to only 300 tweets per day. These rates are expected to increase soon, according to Musk. Now, Musk's move followed his expression of concern over, quote, extreme levels of data scraping by artificial intelligence companies. This directly affects chatbots like ChatGPT that rely on substantial data servers typically scraped from the internet. And the impact of these new restrictions on other Twitter features, such as their audio conversation platform, Spaces, remains unclear. However, a surge in error messages like, quote, rate limit exceeded on users' home feeds suggests far-reaching implications. User reports of Twitter malfunctions on down detector spiked at 8 a.m. Eastern on Saturday and continued throughout that whole day. And since purchasing Twitter for $44 billion last October, Musk has introduced a slew of significant changes. He's restored previously banned accounts, including former President Donald Trump's, replaced the verification system with a pay-to-verify model, and appointed Linda Yaccarino, formerly of NBC Universal, as Twitter CEO. However, these changes have not been without consequence. Advertisers have departed in mass, raising questions about Twitter's future revenue model. Moreover, Twitter's frequent glitches and changing user experience have spurred users to migrate to similar platforms like Mastodon, Blue Sky, and a proposed Twitter clone by Meta. And in a twist of irony, 
Blue Sky, a platform backed by former Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey, has seen record high traffic after Musk's announcement. The app is described as a decentralized social network and has been considered a potential Twitter alternative. However, it remains invite only at this time. In another major policy shift, Twitter has clamped down on the number of tweets per day that various accounts can read. The new restriction aimed at deterring extreme levels of data scraping and system manipulation was announced by Elon Musk Saturday. Now the 6,600 numbers, there are going to be changes to that. However, Musk later raised those limits to 10,000 for verified users, 1,000 for unverified, and 500 for new unverified users. He provided no additional context or explanation to these changes. The move follows Twitter's decision to make viewing tweets an exclusive feature for its account holders. Musk labeled this a temporary emergency measure and claimed that hundreds of organizations were scraping Twitter data extremely aggressively, thus impairing the user experience. Musk's frustrations are not new and have been directed towards artificial intelligence firms, including OpenAI, the developer of ChatGPT. He has previously criticized them for using Twitter's data to train their large language models. And the implementation of these changes has not been without hitches. On Saturday morning, Twitter experienced a significant outage with nearly 7,500 users reporting issues. And under Musk's ownership, Twitter has made several attempts to regain advertisers who abandoned the platform. One such move has been monetizing verification check marks as part of the Twitter Blue program to boost subscription revenue. And the legal battles and tumultuous policy changes paint a really challenging picture for Twitter's future. With an increasingly disgruntled user base and mounting legal disputes, it remains to be seen whether Musk's drastic measures will lead to revitalizing the platform or to continue to provoke instability and discontent. This podcast is brought to you by StarshipShirts.com. Find the coolest tees, mugs, and more inspired by Elon Musk's universe. Celebrate your love for SpaceX, Tesla, and beyond. And gear up with StarshipShirts.com, where every purchase is a launch pad for adventure. In this episode, we'll journey through the captivating saga of Mars One, the ambitious venture that aimed to make humans an interplanetary species by establishing a permanent settlement on Mars. In the glow of this plan, the Dutch not-for-profit foundation launched by Baz Landsdorp and Arno Wielder, shone brightly when it first took to the world stage in 2011. Their vision was nothing short of bold. A one-way mission to Mars, sidestepping the complexities of a return voyage, focusing on establishing a sustainable human colony on our neighboring planet. However, the path to Mars was strewn with obstacles, from an overwhelming financial goal of $6 billion to technological challenges and ethically charged decisions Mars One faced significant headwinds, and despite their groundbreaking approach to space exploration, their mission, much like a Martian dust storm, eventually settled. In 2019, Mars One declared bankruptcy, leaving the dream of a permanent human settlement on Mars unfulfilled. But every story, every venture, every dream, regardless of its outcome, leaves behind a legacy. So today, we dive into the rise and fall of Mars One, exploring the lessons learned, and discussing how these experiences might influence the future of our multi-planetary aspirations. We'll hear from our sponsors, and then we'll get right into the story. It's a pretty juicy one, so I think you're going to enjoy it. Mars One was co-founded by two Dutch entrepreneurs, Boss Landstorp and Arno Wielders, both bringing unique experiences and skills to this venture. Boss is an entrepreneur with a background in mechanical engineering, and before Mars One, he co-founded Ampix Power, a company specializing in the development of wind energy technology. Lansdorp left Ampix Power to start Mars One when he realized the potential and feasibility of a one-way mission to Mars. As the CEO and co-founder of Mars One, Lansdorp became the face of the project, frequently speaking at conferences and in media interviews about the mission. Arno's Wielder is a physicist and engineer with experience in space systems. And before co-founding Mars One, Wielders worked for various space organizations. He worked at the European Space Research and Technology Center, part of the European Space Agency, or ESA, or ESA, and was involved in several ESA projects. He also co-founded Space Horizon, a company dedicated to space tourism. And as the chief technical officer of Mars One, Wielders was responsible for the overall 
technical design and implementation of the Mars One mission. And despite their passion and commitment to Mars One project, they have some hurdles to overcome. The venture was criticized in overly optimistic timelines, technology assumptions, and lack of adequate funding. Mars One was an ambitious project that sought to establish a permanent human settlement on Mars, a bold and audacious goal that pushed the boundaries of human possibility. And at the heart of the initiative was a vision to go where no human has gone before, to tread new ground in space exploration, and to define what humanity could achieve in terms of interplanetary colonization. We'll explore the origins, the successes and challenges, and the legacy of Mars One, and provide insights into the intricate nature of the space exploration venture. Mars One was a Dutch not-for-profit foundation established in 2011 by Baz Lansdorp and Arnold Wielders. The company sought to revolutionize space exploration by pursuing a one-way mission to Mars. They planned to select, train, and send four astronauts on their pioneering journey every two years, starting in the 2020s. And the mission's cost was estimated to be $6 billion. The founders aimed to source this funding from sponsors and media rights sales. Now, the underlying belief of the Mars One mission was that humanity needed to become a multiplanetary species, like Elon Musk says, both for our survival and to satisfy our innate curiosity and desire to explore. Mars, due to its proximity and its similarity to Earth in terms of day length and surface area, was chosen as the ideal destination for this ambitious undertaking. Mars One had a unique approach to this endeavor, though. They sought to simplify the mission by making it a one-way trip, eliminating the need for complex return journey technology. By using existing technology and adopting an incremental approach, Mars One aimed to gradually build up the necessary infrastructure of Mars for long-term human habitation. The project strategy consisted of sending initial unmanned missions, deploying living units, life support units, and supply units to Mars. These units would then be set up by robots to create a habitable settlement before the arrival of the first crew. The crew would be self-sufficient, relying on in-situ resource utilization, or ISRU, particularly extracting water from Martian soil and producing oxygen for breathing. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? That's exactly what Elon Musk wants to do with SpaceX and Starship. Now, Mars One adopted an open call for volunteers willing to embark on a one-way mission to Mars. You would leave Earth, you would fly to Mars, you would spend the rest of your days on Mars, and you would never see anybody from Earth again. This unprecedented selection process attracted applicants from diverse backgrounds from around the world. After a rigorous selection process, Mars One aimed to train these individuals extensively in a simulated Martian environment right here on Earth. They prepare them for the harsh conditions and isolation they would experience on Mars. Now, despite its innovative approach and vision, Mars One faced significant challenges and criticisms. The foremost concern was the mission's feasibility. Given the technological, financial, and logistical hurdles, critics questioned whether the mission could be accomplished with the proposed budget and the reliance on unproven technologies like in-situ resource utilization, making water out of Martian soil. Moreover, the ethical implications of sending humans on a one-way mission raised concerns, considering the psychological impact of permanent isolation and the potential of death on the Red Planet. The open call selection process and the proposal to televise the mission also faced criticism for potentially exploiting the participants and reducing a complex science venture to just a reality show. Now, despite these challenges and criticisms, though, Mars One sparked a global conversation about space exploration and interplanetary colonization. It inspired individuals worldwide to dream about the possibilities of space travel and prompted serious discussions about the feasibility and ethics of colonizing other planets. When Mars One opened the application process for astronaut selection in April of 2013, they received a significant number of applications from aspiring Mars settlers around the globe. By the end of the application process in August of 2013, Mars One reported having received over 200,000 applications, although this number was highly disputed and some sources suggest the actual number was quite lower. Now, the application process was part of Mars One's fundraising strategy. Applicants were charged an application fee, 
which varied by country. The fee was intended to be inversely proportional to the gross domestic product of the applicant's country, ranging from $5 to $75. The total amount of money raised from the application process isn't quite clear, even if one took the lowest application fee of $5. If 200,000 applicants were indeed received, this would amount to at least $1 million USD. However, due to the uncertainty about the actual number of applications and the variable application fee, it's difficult to provide a precise figure for the total funds raised through this process. These applications came from a wide variety of backgrounds and places, showcasing the global interest in space exploration in the appeal of the Mars One mission. Now, Sue Ann Pien, an American applicant, Sue was one of the 100 finalists. She worked as a software engineer and had a keen interest in space exploration. Pien's motivation to apply for Mars One came from her dream to explore the unknown and to contribute to humanity's understanding of the universe. Ryan MacDonald, a British physicist, MacDonald was also among the 100 finalists. He was studying physics at the University of Oxford at the time of his application and was fascinated by the prospect of contributing to human knowledge about Mars. He saw Mars One as an opportunity to be a part of the groundbreaking mission that can change how we understand our place in the universe. Diana Masani Patel, British pharmacist and scuba diving instructor, was another of the 100 finalists. She was motivated by a sense of adventure and the desire to inspire the next generation of explorers. Now, it's important to know that while these applicants were willing to leave their lives on Earth for a one-way ticket to Mars, the Mars One mission faced significant criticism and skepticism over its feasibility, the ethics, and lack of a clear plan for the safety and well-being of the crew. A glaring obstacle to Mars One's plans was the substantial financial requirements. The mission's cost was estimated at a whopping $6 billion, and Mars One aimed to raise these funds through a mix of sponsorship, media rights, crowdfunding, and private investments. However, as the mission progressed, it became evident that the organization was struggling to generate the necessary capital. The idea to fund a significant part of the mission through the sale of media rights, turning the astronaut selection process, and subsequent life on Mars into a reality show received mixed reactions. And critics argued it trivialized the serious nature of space exploration and carried ethical implications. Meanwhile, potential sponsors and investors were hesitant aware of the high risks associated with the mission. The Mars One mission proposed to use rockets and spacecraft available commercially from established aerospace companies. This meant they didn't have to develop and build their own, which would have been an immensely complex and expensive undertaking. And in their initial plan, they proposed using the Falcon Heavy rocket manufactured by SpaceX to launch their payloads to Mars. The Falcon Heavy is one of the most powerful operation rockets in the world, capable of lifting significant payloads to Mars. For the actual spacecraft, they proposed using a modified version of SpaceX's Dragon capsule. The Dragon capsule had already been used successfully to ferry cargo, at this point, to and from the International Space Station. But there's been no cruise to the International Space Station when Mars 1 was in play. Now, it's important to note that while Mars 1 stated their intention to use these vehicles at the time of the mission's cancellations, no contracts had been signed with NASA or SpaceX or any other aerospace companies. And for the mission's lander and rover, Mars One partnered with Lockheed Martin, which had extensive experience in building and operating spacecraft for NASA's Mars missions. One of the more ambitious elements of the Mars One plan was to use the life support system to manufacture fuel on Mars for the use of vehicles and machinery, which would have required an advanced level of in-situ resource utilization technology. At the time of the mission's proposal, such a system was still in the development phases and not yet proven. Now, Mars One proposed to use existing technology and vehicles wherever possible. It also relied on several unproven technologies and systems at the time. And its inability to fully address these technological challenges was a significant factor in the mission's ultimate failure. Mars One hinged on the belief that it could only use existing technology to create a livable outpost on Mars. However, this overlooked the significant technological advances still required for such a mission. The dependency on as-yet-unproven technologies for long-term life support and radiation protection was a major concern. The timeline proposed by Mars One was also criticized as overly optimistic. The plan involved sending multiple uncrewed missions to set up a habitable environment and life support systems. 
all before humans sent foot on Mars. Now, this timeline, given the complexity of the tasks, seemed very far-fetched. And sending humans on a one-way journey to Mars raised significant psychological and ethical issues. Mars One applicants were volunteering not just for an exploration mission, but for a lifetime on an alien planet. The potential psychological stress and the ethical implications of sending individuals on a journey with such high risks and no return raise serious concerns about the mission's moral standing. Human spaceflight to Mars presents unique psychological challenges. An interplanetary journey to Mars, as proposed by Mars One, would entail an isolation and confinement period of up to nine months during the voyage, followed by a potentially permanent stay on an alien planet millions of miles away from Earth. These conditions can give rise to a host of psychological issues, including but not limited to loneliness, depression, anxiety, and interpersonal conflicts. The isolation from friends, family, and familiar surroundings can intensify feelings of loneliness and can lead to depression. The confinement of the spacecraft, with limited room to move and lack of privacy, can create tension and conflict among the crew. Prolonged periods of monotony, broken only by high-stress situations, can cause cognitive and behavioral issues. Furthermore, communication delays with Earth, ranging up to 24 minutes round-trip, can create feelings of isolation and frustration, and can challenge the crew's problem-solving abilities as immediate support or advice won't be available to them. And upon arrival on Mars, the astronauts will be faced with a barren and harsh environment, drastically different from Earth. This alien landscape, combined with the realization of a permanent stay, may further exacerbate feelings of isolation, homesickness, and stress. Astronauts on a mission to Mars will require a unique blend of skills to cope with these challenges, though, including technical and scientific expertise, excellent problem-solving skills, and robust psychological resilience. The selection, the training, and support of these pioneers would be paramount to the success of the mission and the well-being of the crew. This all culminates in the bankruptcy and the end of Mars One. Mars One went bankrupt in 2019, and it was because Boss Landsrup did a debate against MIT researchers. So Boss the co-founder of Mars One and MIT Massachusetts Institute of Technology researchers had an event. There was a debate. It revolved around a critical study by MIT graduate students, which analyzed the feasibility of the Mars One mission plan. They used publicly available information about Mars One and the life support requirements of a crewed mission to Mars. They found out that with the current technology, sustaining life on Mars would be challenging due to issues like the overproduction of oxygen from plants in the habitat and the need for a significant number of spare parts for the life support system. And in response to the study, Boz Lansdorp claimed that Mars One had solutions to these issues, and the criticism was based on assumptions that did not apply to the mission's plans. Lansdorp did not, however, provide detailed explanations of counterarguments to all the points raised by the MIT team. And Lansdorp invited the researchers for a public debate to discuss these findings. The debate took place at the 2015 Mars Society Convention, where the MIT team and Lansdorp presented their points of view. The debate further highlighted the questions and challenges around the Mars One mission. And the criticism from the MIT team was a part of broader skepticism that the Mars One mission faced with various scientists, engineers, and space enthusiasts. The mission was seen as underestimating the complexity and cost of a human Mars mission. These criticisms and challenges, along with financial difficulties, eventually led to the demise of the Mars One endeavor. We explore the dynamic and ever-evolving tech world orbiting around Elon Musk. And in today's episode, we're delving into the recent face-off between social media behemoths Twitter and Meta, initiated by the launch of Meta's new text-based app, Threads, that's seen by many as a direct rival to Musk's Twitter. Now, tensions have escalated as Twitter threatens legal action against Meta, alleging the illicit use of its trade secrets and intellectual property in the creation of threads. Twitter accuses Meta of employing former Twitter personnel in developing this new platform, a claim that Meta denies. Now, with Musk's comment that competition is fine, cheating is not, adding fuel to the fire, and the broader impact this controversy might have on the social media landscape, we find ourselves in the epicenter of a fascinating digital duel. 
Now stay tuned as we get into this, but first let's hear from our sponsors. Welcome back everybody. In a development that intensifies the battle in the social media realm, Twitter has hinted at legal action against Meta, previously Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg's company, over its new text-based application, Threads. Twitter alleges that Meta has unlawfully utilized its trade secrets and intellectual property in the creation of Threads, which amassed tens of millions of users within a week of its launch. And the new app, billed as a text-based version of Instagram, positions itself as a direct competitor to Elon Musk's social media platform, Twitter, and its debut appears to be stirring a little bit of controversy. Now, the legal threat came to light on Wednesday in a letter addressed to Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Meta. The letter, written by Alex Spiro, a lawyer representing Twitter, accuses Meta of recruiting former Twitter employees to develop a, quote, copycat app. We reached out to Spiro on Thursday for additional details on the potential lawsuit, but we received an automated response from Twitter with a poop emoji. And the company's standard procedure when journalists seek comments. The development marks an escalation of tensions between the two social media powerhouses. Twitter's challenge comes after the introduction of Threads on Wednesday, an app that is rapidly attracting users dissatisfied with the recent changes to Twitter. Elon Musk, who acquired Twitter last year for a staggering $44 billion, had made significant modifications to the platform that have been broadly unpopular among the user community. Threads development team is said to be devoid of former Twitter employees, a point Meta spokesperson Andy Stone emphasized in a Thursday post on Threads, no one on the Threads engineering team is a former Twitter employee. That's just not a thing, Stone wrote. However, in the letter, first reported by news website Semaphore on Thursday, Spiro pointed out that Twitter intends to firmly enforce its intellectual property rights. The company could seek civil remedies or a court injunction. He also informed Meta that this letter serves as a formal notice to preserve any documents that could be relevant to a potential dispute between the two companies. And in response to a tweet about the looming possibility of a lawsuit against Meta, Elon Musk stated, competition is fine, cheating is not. Twitter CEO Linda Yaccarino has yet to comment publicly on the letter. She seemingly addressed the launch of threads in Twitter. We are often imitated, but the Twitter community can never be duplicated, she posted. Now, analysts suggest that Meta's new platform could present significant challenges for Twitter. The launch of threads generated considerable excitement, as reflected in its impressive download figures thus far. However, industry experts caution that the app's success is not guaranteed. Pointing to Meta's history of launching standalone apps, only to close them down a little bit later. They also highlight that Threads is still in its infancy. It's just a few days old. Beyond some glitches and complaints about missing features, Meta's latest product has raised concerns over data privacy. And although Threads has been launched in over 100 countries, it remains unavailable in the European Union, where data privacy rules are notoriously stringent. And hours before the anticipated launch of Threads, Blue Sky, another rival to Twitter, announced its first paid service and additional funding. The company revealed in a blog post on Wednesday that it secured seed funding amounting to $8 million this summer. The funding round was led by NEO, with participation from a variety of angel investors. And the resources will be utilized to expand Blue Sky's team, manage infrastructure costs, and further develop the AT protocol that powers the Blue Sky app. Interestingly, the decentralized social network protocol that Blue Sky has been working on presents an alternative to ActivityPub, the protocol that powers Mastodon and Meta's Threads app. Blue Sky also expressed its commitment to generating revenue, making it clear that the company will experiment with various strategies and services to provide value to its users, building a sustainable social network. The first of Blue Sky's paid services will be custom domains to be offered in partnership with popular domain registrar Namecheap. More than 13,000 of Blue Sky's 100,000-plus users have already set a custom domain as their handle, and the new service aims to simplify this process. Despite its progress, Blue Sky has faced criticism from some community members over its approach to decentralization and moderation, particularly in response to hate speech. These complaints may drive users away from the app, potentially increasing the user base of other platforms, including possibly threads. Overall, the competition in the social media landscape appears to be heating up, with tensions between Twitter and Meta reaching new heights over the debut of Threads. As Twitter considers legal action against Meta, industry watchers are watching this battle royale, so to speak, and we'll be bringing you 
every single moment of it right here on the show every single day of the week. We're delving into a recent courtroom drama involving SpaceX and the Federal Aviation Administration, or the FAA, who are jointly seeking to dismiss a lawsuit filed by environmental and indigenous groups. These organizations claim the FAA bypassed essential environmental assessments prior to permitting the launch of SpaceX's Starship rocket from Boca Chica Starbase, Texas facility, potentially threatening local wildlife, endangered species, and sacred tribal lands. In contrast, SpaceX maintains its operation followed all necessary procedures, including passing an environmental assessment and complying with FAA-required mitigations. And despite a setback following the April 20th launch, which led to the suspension of SpaceX's license and the activation of an anomaly response plan, SpaceX and its CEO, Elon Musk, remain optimistic. Musk continues to forecast ambitious plans for further test launches and the development of the reusable rocket system, which he views as pivotal for the expansion of SpaceX's satellite network, NASA's lunar missions, and his dream of Mars colonization. Now stay tuned as we unpack these developments and what they mean for the future of SpaceX. But before we do that, let's take a look at some of our sponsors. SpaceX and Federal Aviation Administration are seeking to dismiss a lawsuit initiated by five environmental and indigenous groups challenging the approval of SpaceX's Starship rocket program in Boca Chica Starbase, Texas. The FAA and SpaceX contend that the plaintiffs do not possess the legal standing required to present their case. The lawsuit, initiated on May 1st by the Center for Biological Diversity, the American Bird Conservatory, and the Surf Rider Foundation, Save Rio Grande Valley, and Carrizo Camacruto, Nation of Texas, claims the FAA acted improperly by not conducting a thorough environmental study on the probable impacts of SpaceX activities. They argue the FAA should have ascertained the potential consequences before permitting SpaceX to launch from its Starbase facility in Boca Chica, Texas. According to the plaintiffs, the FAA's required mitigation measures fall short in preventing significant detrimental effects on endangered species, their habitats, and indigenous tribes in the area who consider the land and wildlife sacred. The suit aims to revoke the FAA license for SpaceX flights originating from South Texas, a license currently suspended amid an ongoing investigation into the first rocket launch. Now, the first Starship launch took place on April 20th, causing a little wildfire and scattering metal and concrete debris over hundreds of acres of company-owned and state parklands. Post-launch investigation revealed the pulverized concrete was propelled over six miles from the launch site. And in response to these allegations, SpaceX insists that the Starship program is not a threat to local wildlife and communities, asserting the operation received proper environmental assessment and complied with FAA-required mitigation efforts. The company maintains the Starship was launched in alignment with FAA licensure, despite the resulting anomalies leading to mission termination and the subsequent destruction of the launch vehicle over the Gulf of Mexico. In the launch documents, SpaceX downplayed the launch's impact on the environment. The company admitted to the damage on the concrete launch pad, acknowledging that it resulted in some debris and some dust. Following the rocket's explosion, though, the FAA activated an anomaly response plan requiring SpaceX to obtain a new license before proceeding with another launch. And despite this, SpaceX stated that the environmental assessment remains unchanged and it's progressing towards another Starship launch, hopefully within the next four to six weeks, according to Elon Musk. SpaceX's CEO, Elon Musk, has not allowed the setbacks to dampen his ambitious schedule of test launches from South Texas. The billionaire has pinned hopes on the reusable rocket system as a critical component for the expansion of the company's Starlink satellite network and for NASA's plans to return astronauts to the moon. The rocket also serves as the vehicle that Musk hopes will make his vision of colonizing Mars a reality. On March 13th, Musk shared on Twitter that the Starship would be ready to launch within six to eight weeks. Further, in an interview on June 24th, Musk revealed that the company have implemented over a thousand new changes to the rocket's design since the April 20th mishap. These alterations include adaptations to separate the super heavy booster from the upper stage, known as Starship. A flaw in the separation mechanism led to the explosion of the entire rocket system. And Musk stated that SpaceX is planning to use hot staging, a technique that simultaneously fires up engines on both stages to increase thrust power. 
On June 26th, SpaceX announced that it has successfully completed a six-engine static fire test on the upper-stage Starship prototype Ship 25 at Boca Chica. Despite these assertions, NASA remains skeptical about SpaceX's ability to conduct the necessary test flights to prepare its lunar lander version to carry astronauts to the moon. In early June, NASA announced that its Artemis III moon mission, initially planned for late 2025, is likely to be postponed until 2026. NASA's Associate Administrator for Exploration Systems Development, Jim Free, expressed concerns about SpaceX's recent difficulties but did not comment on the ongoing lawsuit initiated by the environmental groups. SpaceX joined the FAA as a co-defendant in the lawsuit to safeguard its business interests. The company reports investing $3 billion in the Starbase facility since 2014, and Musk recently disclosed that he expects the company will spend about $2 billion on Starship development this year. In a motion filed on May 19th, SpaceX stated, if the court were to rule in plaintiff's favor, the FAA's decision could be set aside, and further licensing of the Starship Super Heavy program could be significantly delayed, causing severe injury to SpaceX's business. Today, we're diving into recent developments coming out of Toyota, the Japanese automaker Titan that's been making waves with its ambitious plans to revolutionize the electric vehicle landscape. Following a significant breakthrough in solid-state battery technology, Toyota has announced plans to have the size the weight, and the cost of its EV batteries, aiming to turn the tide in the EV race where Tesla has so far been leading the pack. In our discussion today, we'll delve into what this development means, not just for Toyota, but for the entire auto industry, and indeed the future of sustainable transport as a whole. We'll explore how Toyota's new strategy to simplify the production process of battery materials could bring down costs and reshape the EV landscape, and discuss their surprising claim of an EV with a 1200 kilometer range in a rapid 10 minute charge time. This bold move by Toyota has potential to ignite a global EV revolution. Now, before we get into that, let's take a moment and check out some of our sponsors. Those are the people that help us continue doing what we do here for you every single day. All right, and we're back from Tokyo, Japan. In a major announcement that could transform the future of EVs, Toyota Motor Corporation. The Japanese automotive giant recently revealed plans to cut in half the size, the weight, and the cost of its EV batteries. This ambitious goal follows a significant breakthrough in Toyota's solid-state battery technology, which could potentially usher in a new era of electric mobility. Keiji Keita, president of Toyota's Research and Development Center for Carbon Neutrality, stated on Tuesday that simplifying the production process for battery materials when considerably bring down the cost of the company's long-anticipated next-generation technology. This move is designed to address one of the major challenges currently facing the automotive industry, making EVs more affordable and accessible for the average consumer. For both our liquid and solid-state batteries, we are aiming to drastically change the situation where current batteries are too big, heavy, and expensive, they said during the announcement. He further stated that Toyota is aiming to have all of these factors signaling a significant commitment to accelerating the global transition to electric vehicles. This announcement came on the heels of surprise revelation last month, where Toyota shared plans to commercialize its solid-state battery technology in an electric vehicle by 2027. And the company has been collaborating with Panasonic, the Japanese electronics giant, on the technology through a joint battery venture, signaling an increased commitment to achieving carbon neutrality. Solid-state batteries have long been seen by industry experts as the most promising technology to solve persistent EV battery problems. These issues include long charging times, limited battery capabilities, and the risk of fires, all of which have been significant obstacles to the wider adoption of EVs. These new generation batteries replace a liquid electrolyte with a solid one and use lithium metal at the anode instead of graphite, which is currently the standard in lithium ion batteries. And the use of solid electrolytes could improve energy density, safety, and potentially decrease charging times. And despite their potential, solid-state batteries have remained a challenge due to high production costs and manufacturing complexities. These difficulties have prompted automakers to push back launch timelines and concentrate their efforts on developing and improving liquid-based lithium-ion batteries instead. Toyota, however, is poised to break this trend. The company initially stated it wanted to start selling hybrid 
but not fully electric cars powered by solid-state batteries before 2025. In a twist, they announced that the company has discovered ways to address the durability problems associated with solid-state batteries and now has the confidence to mass-produce them for use in EVs by 2027 or 2028. Now, these advances could potentially redefine what customers come to expect from electric vehicles. Toyota has claimed that it has made a technological breakthrough that has resolved durability issues and a solution for materials that would enable an EV powered by a solid-state battery to boast a range of 1,200 kilometers. Furthermore, these EVs would require charging time of 10 minutes or less, putting them on par with the refueling times of traditional gasoline-powered vehicles. Now, simplifying the process and reducing the number of processes needed to make battery materials could also make solid-state batteries more cost-effective. Kaita added that these improvements could bring the cost of solid-state batteries down to similar or even lower levels than those of current liquid-based lithium-ion batteries. Such advancements could offer Toyota a significant advantage in the rapidly intensifying global EV race. Toyota has been slower than some of its competitors, most notably Tesla, to roll out electric vehicles. As such, the successful deployment of solid-state batteries could help Toyota close the gap with its competitors to potentially reshape the EV landscape. A market reaction to Toyota's ambitious plans has been largely positive. Since the company announced its solid-state battery plan last month, shares in Toyota have risen 13%. Yet Toyota's top brass are tempering expectations, noting that the solid-state batteries are not a panacea for all battery challengers. Now, Toyota's chief technology officer expressed caution over the new tech. They said, there is also room for improvement for liquid-based batteries. The crux of the EV battery competition will ultimately be value-added on the car as a product and how much we can control the overall volume of batteries and how effectively we can use them. On another note, despite its latest announcement, Toyota is also committing substantial resources to hydrogen fuel cell technology. The company announced last month that it will establish a hydrogen factory to further develop fuel cell technology, particularly for commercial customers. This indicates that Toyota is keeping its options open as the race for cleaner, more sustainable automotive technology intensifies. Now, Toyota's hydrogen initiatives will be focused on markets in Japan, China, and Europe. We will work toward full-scale commercialization as we move forward with these initiatives. The next-generation system will achieve a 37% cost reduction through technological progress, volume efficiency, and localization, the company said. And this announcement by Toyota can signal a pivotal moment in the advancement of electric vehicle technology. Several challenges remain the company's commitment the solid-state batteries and its drive to overcome these obstacles could potentially accelerate the transition to a more sustainable transportation future. Whether Toyota will be able to meet these targets remains to be seen, but we'll be bringing you all the information and all the news on that as it unfolds. So that's it for today, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I appreciate you. If you could take a second and hit the follow or subscribe button on whatever platform that you're on right now, that would really help out the show. Thank you so much. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I'll see you in the next one.